button. I don't know if I did this right. We're gonna we're gonna see, because I don't know what I'm doing. What about you? <laughs> Do you know anything about what you're doing? Uh, well, I'm no. Just trying to the think answer of is no. Like... If you have to mull it over, the answer is no. Like, is there something I know? I... Oh, oh, there's some. Well, there's one thing you know. I'm like, I, I know how to make pizza. You do? I do. That's probably the only thing I actually know. Can you turn your volume up a little bit? Um, See, you don't know how to do that, do you? No, nah, I'm looking at my microphone now, and there's nothing on it. It's just a microphone. Oh. What about on the, you know, on the software we're using? Should, should I use a different microphone, maybe? No, 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 no. No, you're fine. You're fine. I'll fix it in post. I'll make you sound like a god in post. I'll just lean into it. That's all. Uh, you don't have to do that. So we got a checklist in this podcast. Okay. Hot coffee. Check. All right. Is it really hot? Is it nice and mm, toasty? Warm? Oh, it's, it's, it's in a current inner circle mug, man. Mm. A current inner circle. That might give some indication of who we're talking to. I don't know. Maybe it's a clue. Seatbelt on? Well, we're not, we're not oh, watching you're, Star you're Trek living, 5 here. You're I'm living Check. wild. Check. Oh, this is a guy you can't take anywhere. He's living wild. So what about, um, oh, that's about all the checklists that I have. Let's push the button. Big old rocket blast off right here. <laughs> Today, we're talking to the human that I affectionately call Nathaniel Rockford Anderson. Now, let's go over why I just made you all highfalutin. It's because whenever I enter the room with a name like David, you can't elevate that name. So the room automatically goes down. So when I call Rocky... That's his nickname. Nathaniel is his real name, but it's Nathan. So it's Nathaniel Rockford Anderson. It elevates the room to another level. That's why I do it, Rocky. I don't know if you ever knew why I did it. But, I, I appreciate the fact that you're trying to church it up, but, you know. Yeah. Hey. You know, it's just Rocky, plain old Rocky. <laughs> and I had to, let, let me tell you how stupid I am, Okay. Uh, you already know this, how stupid I am, but the other people don't know how stupid I am. I said, uh, why is your nickname Rocky? And it's like, dude, I live in the Rocky Mountains. It's like, oh, makes so much sense now. All mm. right. It's back to 1981 on CompuServe. Oh, no. No, yeah. no, no. You said the CS word. <laughs> CompuServe. There were two Nates on CompuServe. Really? So I, I was the Rocky Nate. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I almost passed out. <laughs> I did from, from going back in time so fast. It was like, whoosh. CompuServe. I think it got eaten up by uh, AOL, didn't it? I have no idea what happened to it, but yeah, that was so. a very long time ago. I'm going to sanitize my hands because all of a sudden I feel dirty from the 
CompuServe reference, you know? Yeah, I, I think you can get syphilis from comp, CompuServe. <laughs> God, I hope not. I wasn't that intimate with CompuServe <laughs> to have that happen. So basically, Rocky and I, without knowing it, simultaneously yet independently, so this is a very scientific show, Rocky, um, we discovered in 1993-94-ish, back when Yahoo was number one, Ask Jeeves was in position two, and Google could have been in position five. It was just, it was, but I, I'm going to say three, but Google was down in the basement. We figured out that we could take our client's web page, manipulate the placement of the client on these search engines, but we didn't know what to call it. Nobody knew what to call it. It's basically now known as SEO. So Rocky and I did not invent the internet, but we were a couple of handful of guys that were manipulating these search engines, trying to get our clients better positions because we knew right then the money was better at the top than at the bottom. Yeah. So it, it, it's amazing who you meet in your travels in this internet marketing world. You know, it's just, there was no Google yet, actually. Well, there, there wasn't. No, I thought it was like, no, I thought it was legitimately like number five. You know, no, it, it popped in. I can't remember what year they started, but it was like 97 or something. They, they really late to the game. It was Alta Vista was what I was. Oh, focused. yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Where's that sanitizer? I need some more. It's like Alta Vista. Oh, AV. I figured out if you, if you put like a colon or a pipe symbol at the beginning of the, the title tag of your page that you'd come up number one in Alta Vista. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was that simple. Yeah, it was. <laughs> It was it was crazy back then when when you did something and everybody thought it was magic and you just kind of went eh, I'm not going to pull back the curtain on this one because this one is you know really easy they were all different but once we figured out a group of us guys probably you know just in the early days just a hundred might have been one guy in Germany one guy in Japan and a couple of guys in the U S might have been yeah we'll give one in Canada you know. We like Canada, so we'll, we'll put one in Canada, all working at the same time, trying to hack these new platforms. So it was pretty amazing when it worked. You sat back in your chair and you went, whoa, I'm like king of the world, you know? So it was, <laughs> it was pretty funny, but nobody knew what to call it. And then somebody, a branding expert, and we'll talk about that, said it's SEO. And I had to ask, what does that mean? And they said, search engine optimization. Oh, yeah. I've been doing that for a long time. You know, so it was, it was interesting. But it, it's, if you're, it's a lesson in this. If you are working on something, then about 10 other guys are doing it too. They're, they're on it. They're coming up right behind you. Now, Rocky, he, this guy, okay, so I don't know where to start, but he is like the brains, the mastermind behind a couple of big marketers, one of them being 
Franklin Kern, a.k.a. Frankie Boy. <laughs> Frank Kern. So if you follow Frank Kern, you are being manipulated by Rocky. He's he's pulling all the levers and, you know, back there behind the curtain doing everything, to, trying to make a sale. So it it's Rocky's little thing. It's kind of like, you know, the... I don't know. What's the analogy? A Hollywood actor that's really, really great, but, you know, is being made great by somebody behind the scenes. So it it's Rocky's little baby. He's he's like, what do you call yourself? You know, God of sales or, or you know, <laughs> over there at, at Kern Enterprises. What, what, I wouldn't I wouldn't claim to to be any part of of Frank Kern's success. He's, he's a man unto himself. And well, that's true. I just help I mean, his clients, man. I, yeah, but you, you help them with, I mean, you, you know, I'm, when I say all this stuff, I'm not taking anything away from Frankie, you know, and Frankie knows it. He knows, yeah, I owe Rocky because you did some great things over there. One of the things that you, um, I kind of call you the, um, the mastermind of the webinar, yeah. you know, so when Frank, that. yeah, when Frank <laughs> does a webinar, it's, he, he takes part of his stuff, part of your stuff, part of stuff that he thinks cool from somebody else and incorporates it. And Frank's webinars are not only informative, but man, they create sales. So, you know, equals they're good. So informative plus sales equals good. So you're behind that. Don't yeah, I would that say that we are all unabashedly um, stealing from each other. I mean, right. everybody that's that's in this business you know, takes the best advice of everybody else around them. So it's really tough to like claim anything as your own, you know, because right. we all learn from each other and, and, and are, and are unashamed in, in, in stealing all the good ideas from everyone around us and, but and that's adding our a, own, you know, that's what a good marketer does. Good marketer will take stuff and then modify it and then use it, you know, and then we all go to lunch together and laugh about Hey, you stole my stuff. No, I changed it. I made it better. I changed it. You know, and everybody <laughs> acknowledges, yeah, you did. You changed it. How's it working? Working great, man. Okay, I'm going to steal that, you know? So it just, it's a very incestuous business because when you get to the top, like Frank, you're not looking for the, the thing that's going to move the needle 25%. You're looking for the thing that's going to move the needle 2% because 2% when you get to that level is like somebody in the mid-level getting a 25% increase. So it's it's big deal to get 2%. And that's what we're all striving for is 2%. Let's get another 1%, 2%. And when you're in the bottom uh, tier or in the middle tier, if you're just starting out or if you've been doing it for about a couple of years, you're looking for the 25%. Yeah, and the funny thing is, though, is that once in a while you come across something that, that moves the needle 50%, man. Yeah. That, that's just 
fun, man. That's, yeah, it that's, is. That is what it's all about. Yeah, but we're not. I mean, if once you get to the upper echelon, if 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 that's your goal, then um, you may not hit it, and you'll quickly become depressed. <laughs> so I always shoot for one or two percent. Well, you know, a, a day-to-day basis kind of thing is one to two percent, trying to just get a little to eke a little bit more out of yes. your system, you know. Yeah. But every once in a while, you do something, and you're like, "Holy crap!" Yeah. You know. <laughs> so do you have any instances of those that you can share that aren't trade secrets? Just like you you did this, and then this happened. Well, uh, like one one, I, I work with a lot of clients. You know, um, they they'll come to me with their their system this is the unfortunate thing about being in a position like this is that um is that people have expectations you know it's like um they're like okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go hire like one of the top dudes and and uh, have them fix my process and and they expect you to be able to do 50 percent increase you know right away and uh just like you say is not realistic but but i'll take I'll take generally I'll take a project on that's a big project for six months and say, you have to stick with me for six months. Um, yeah. But yeah. in any case, I, I had one, it was a supplement company. They, they sell a certain, you know, nutritional supplement on the internet and um, they, they run paid traffic to a, a sales page and then they have a checkout page after it. Was you that know, the guy whose first e-commerce? name starts? Was that the guy whose first name starts with R? I'm not going to mention who it is. Ah. <laughs> so go ahead. Were, go ahead. They were doing $8 million uh, a year through a sales page and shopping cart. I mean, that's just all that the was entire all process they were was doing just like, a, you yeah. know, here's my stuff. I call it BMS. Buy my stuff. Here's my stuff. Oh, buy it. You know, yeah. everybody it's... else is doing 14 pages and it's a lesson. Don't make your client work to give you money. Hmm. So sometimes the best thing to do is just like that sales page, buy it. And then you work from there. Well, it didn't quite work. Maybe we need a video on that sales page. So we'll slap a video on it. And how's that? That's much better. Right. But don't start with 14 hoops that everybody has to jump through and four redirections because people get freaked out about the redirections. We know that, but um, some of the, you know, new people don't realize that so they they go from an ad to uh, something to their wordpress and then to something else on their wordpress it's like rocky and i laugh about i want to um make my wordpress site make me money and we he and i just simultaneously laugh and people say what are you laughing about and there's reasons why lots of reasons technical reasons psychological reasons why you can't really make as much money on a WordPress site or a website that you can on a like a landing page platform like Kartra. Huh. Now that you're sort of involved with that that platform yeah. too. That's that's true. And that and the fact is is that you know uh a sales page is what does the heavy lifting. You yes. can put a sales page on your WordPress, you know, that's cool. And- right, but you better make sure this is the thing that people don't get don't have an exit. Don't let me go back to the root domain to get the heck out of giving you money. Don't do that. Right. So, so yeah, that example is, is just a sales page and a checkout page. And I didn't even work on the sales page. They, they hired me for 
six months. What did they hire you for? What else is there? They hired me to optimize their checkout page for six months. So they, so they went to the landing page, right? Right. They go to the, the sales page was tested like for years. It, it, and it was good. And they're like, this is as good as that's going to get, you know? Right. And so they said, hey, we'll hire you to optimize our checkout page. And, and I'm like, you know, it's a six-month contract to, to optimize a checkout page. <laughs> that's kind of like saying, <laughs> that's kind of like saying, you have six months to eat this donut. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but I did. <laughs> I spent I spent six months on the couch is what you did. Everything. <laughs> Five minutes worth that. of work and six months on the couch. So and you I spent couldn't get six it. months and you were you were just okay, this is really important. You were optimizing everything. I was testing everything. Everything. And, and were you testing fonts? Everything, man. Everything. Yeah. Color. And, uh, fonts, colors, backgrounds. See, uh, this is what layout. I get chastised in the industry for. You know, a big marketer said, David, I'm not going to test color. And I said, okay. Then one day I saw they were testing color. And I went, oh, that's strange. I would never do that, they said. Right? Found out that color makes a difference and they're making 30% more money by a change of color. And what they discovered was if your primary color on your page is blue, then your checkout button, your CTA call to action button, BMS, has to be blue. If it's blue, if it's the same color as your primary, you'll make 30% more money. We were always under the impression that orange was king on a CTA button. But he tested something that I'm not sure I would have tested because I also had a block in my head, orange, just go with orange, very high contrasty color. And what he discovered, and I know why this works psychologically, people are used to the blue, used to the blue, they see the button and they go, oh, I'm familiar with this, it doesn't shock them. And they go, yeah, I'm familiar with this, I'm psychologically aligned with this, I'm gonna click the button. So now a lot of high level marketers are following that guy's lead but it's kind of funny you have to test font you have to test color you have to test like on um you know any type of frank sales letter right he's got the picture up in the upper left what i did with one of his things one time somebody brought it to me picture in the upper left a round photo because it's softer not a square one softer and then the copy basically in the right two thirds of the page. And he always has from the desk of Frank Kern, right? Yep. I, they, and people who follow him put, you know, from the desk of Johnny Smith, right? I took that off and we got better sales because right now people, are not responding to super, you know, official stuff. You know, that worked for Frank for like a decade or more, you know, but it, it, I took it off and it seemed to work better. But yeah, you know, well, people there. expect that from him though, you know, so it's yeah, like, that's, that's true. It's funny because it, everything is situational. Like when you say, when you're talking about the blue button, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. in the blue website. Well, the the fact is is that 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 gold kind of yellowish orange that uh, is familiar yeah. to everyone with an Amazon button. Yeah, uh, that is consistent with their uh, color scheme. Exactly, and they have tested that through billions of dollars of sales, and yes. that is the winner. You know. Yep. And that's that's the kind of work I was doing for that client was just trying to make the the very best uh, checkout page and 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 it was really frustrating because after five months I hadn't found anything that made a significant that difference. Moved the needle, yeah, yeah. So like they've been paying me for five months. <laughs> You're going. I got to right? come up and with they, something. They're getting nothing for that, yep. you know. Yep. But then I, I I had an epiphany, which is usually how this game yes, works. Yes, exactly. You have an epiphany, and I and I. I said, oh, I'm going to try this. And um, suddenly they got a 24.7% increase in sales from one change I made on that checkout page. Wow. So I made it to my six-month mark, and, and, you know, and, they, <laughs> and they, said, they walked away with $2 million more a year in sales. So that's, I guess, it was a good relationship. Yeah. But they also said, what took you so long? You know, yeah, were you waiting? Did you know this the whole time and you were just waiting to no. make yourself look grand? Is no, what I was sweating thinking. bullets, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. I'm, nothing's working. They've already optimized this thing beyond anything I can possibly imagine, you know? Um, they were expert marketers already and, oh, and yeah. they brought me in to be like the expert expert. And and I was unable to impress them until I had an epiphany and made one change to that checkout page and and there was an extra two million bucks in the coffers. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Get to add it to your total. You know, yeah, they still just paid me what I um, contracted right. with them for. You know, I didn't right. get it. But I mean, your total <laughs> responsible for 100 to 300 million dollars worth of sales. I mean, you get to add it to that stat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because cool. you were, you know. So, yeah, us CMOs, you know, and copywriters, we tend to, how do you say it? Not keep track of the importance that we can bring, you know? Um, the, the guy in front of the camera gets to say, you know, I, I did a hundred million in sales, but nobody thinks behind the scenes to, to tally that up for themselves. I was able to move the needle for a you know net lift of 100 million you know that's that's pretty impressive but we tend to not you know keep track of it but i learned in the early days of copywriting oh no you got to keep track of it because copywriters got all the glory so <laughs> we we were supposed to take the glory and if you didn't you're an idiot you know so yeah that's that's really interesting it's really interesting because I've been telling people forever, you got to test everything. And people have been looking at me like, you know, that's stupid. It's a waste of time. And then when I got into uh, Frank Kern's inner circle, one of the first things I heard him say was test baby test. And I just went, yes, finally, <laughs> somebody gets it. You know, it's worth testing. That's that's exactly. The <laughs> I mean, that's the thing is, uh, 
should I be drinking a soda in this uh, or water in this webinar? Well, it's worth, it's testing. worth testing. I mean, <laughs> yeah. should I mean, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure that Frank has, uh, you know, he always wears that blazer, right? And and it may it, so if if you're in a webinar and you always wear the same piece of clothing, it may actually um, help move the needle. But what I told somebody who was not used to doing webinars and they didn't want to be in front of the camera. I said, I want you to wear your favorite outfit. Just, I don't care if it's jeans and a tank top, just wear what makes you feel comfortable and loosey goosey. And they did it. And the webinar was 10 times better. Exactly. So just it's wear like a piece of piece of Frank clothing tested that, you that love. stuff. I mean, that's yeah. and it's, that's the thing is he, one of the reasons we love him is because he tests things. But yes. he he actually hired two different Emmy award winning film producers to do his his uh, like promotional videos that he was advertising with, right? Mm -hmm. And then, uh, he, but every once in a while, he would be like, he would have a an idea, and he would just go on his on on his phone and film something real quick. Yeah, right. And those those videos always yes. outperformed exactly. the ones done by the Emmy Award winning filmmakers. Exactly, because <laughs> they're a little too slick. They're a little too on, spot on. I, I have a saying for that. Ugly repels, I mean, pretty repels, ugly sells. So it, which is beautiful for um, the average Joe. Because the average Joe doesn't have access to a heiress or red camera that costs 15, 20 grand. They don't have five lighting systems, you know, and choice of three different mics. So just sticking a, a, a phone in your face will do it. Oh, yeah. Just don't do what I call vomit cam, which is... Um, because I came from that industry too. Just don't do vomit camp. Don't walk down the lane in a park and have that camera go just bouncing everywhere because you'll get your audience seasick. So 70 something percent of people out there get motion sickness to some degree. So you don't want to make everybody sick, you know? Exactly. Um, so you, if you want to walk down the lane, then get one of those Osmos with, um, you know, a built-in stabilizer or get a stabilizer for your camera, get a stabilizer for your phone. It doesn't matter, but have that sucker stable, you know, it, it, it will save you some sales and because people that get motion sickness, what they'll do is they'll just click off in the first 30 seconds of you walking down the lane. You know, and there was a very good marketer. She's she's not huge, but she was a very good marketer. And she would always do vomit cam. And, you know, I tried to reach out to her, but, you know, I, all my things, all my suggestions, hey, man, try this, just kind of went, you know, flat. And she still to this day does vomit cam. And well, I, I she'll filter out all those people that get that get motion sickness, and her crowd will be all the people that don't get it so easily. <laughs> yeah, but it's only 
25%, of the population. I'm one of these, I'm strange. I'm a strange marketer in that I do not subscribe to the, uh, to the addict, to the addict that um, tick off 50% of the population. Like, like, and, and you'll, you'll have these people that in your tribe that buy more. So, you know, the really easy one is political, right? Um, show everybody your political stance and then you'll end up with a smaller audience. And I say, yes, yes, you will. There's no science that shows me that the people that left were worthless and the people that stayed are your best people. There's no science to that. So I, I don't subscribe to that. I know Frank does, um, but I don't, I don't want to, I want to have a chance to speak to everybody, you know, and it'll increase my sales. I know because it's yeah. a numbers game, Rocky, you know, this. it's, other, you know, other aspects of your personality or attitudes or teachings are going to filter the, the audience already. Exactly. So why would you, why exactly. would you limit it even more? Exactly. Bringing in something like politics or whatever. Exactly. You know, or religion or, you know, the, the big three, you know, um, guns, religion, politics, you know, don't espouse your views on any of those and just, you know, sell to the people that are there wanting to listen to your message. So that's interesting. I did not know Frank did that. Yeah. He's split test all those things. So, um, and it's funny. It's just be your, being your authentic self. His, and, yeah. and he's, he says it's kind of pisses him off that, uh, like the, the, the ones he shot at like four in the morning where he's in a bathrobe and he's got bedhead. You <laughs> I know? know that one. Yeah. Those, those that whole series. Everything. He's like, well, do I have to do that every time now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, that whole series, you know, his eyes are barely open. He's got that white bathrobe. Here's a mess. And he just points the camera at himself and says, Hey y'all. And those outperformed. I knew they would. <laughs> I, as soon as I saw them, I said, ah, that that's going to crush it. And you know, it, it's just, you can never really get a personality like that to do something like that. So you would suggest it, uh, you know, just get real and get raw and, and don't fix your hair and stuff. They don't want to do that. You know, they want to be. No. Most perfect. people don't know that's successful because they'll, they refuse to do anything like that. Exactly. They, they won't test it, you know? <laughs> exactly. So test, baby, test. You know, it's all worth testing. Yeah. I, I my favorite tool for that is Visual Website Optimizer, by the way, because you can do uh, tons of different tests on one page. I mean, oh, VWO. VWO. Yeah. Or if you want to do a custom solution, you can do Taguchi testing. Um, and that's, that's an entire mathematical model where you right. can split test like 42 different things on a sales page mm -hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Um, so what so, we call multivariate. So what will multi happen is you, yeah. you, you put in the cash, all of the items that you want to test. And then it will, when it, somebody comes to the webpage, it'll create your webpage on the fly and then keep track of the transactions that happened, how long they were there and all that stuff. It's called multivariate testing. Very hard to do and keep your sanity. <laughs> so you're better off letting a piece of software do it 
Yeah, don't don't do it without a piece of software. That's no. just that's you insane. can. It can be done. We used to do it in like the, the early '80s, but you'll lose your sanity. It's the reason why I'm not quite right. You know, <laughs> everybody says, "Was it lack of oxygen at birth?" And I says, "No, it was multivariate testing and doing all the computations by hand." And they go, "Oh yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it." So, you you want to use? I mean, the one software that I loved and people said it's back and I hope it is was Quaya. You know, oh, Quaya. Yeah. Remember those days? I haven't used that in years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it went away and it went away when Facebook came out with dynamic ads because the Quaya people um, believed the Facebook marketing that it was dynamic ads was going to take care of all your your testing and stuff like that. It's like, and I knew it wouldn't, I knew it was going to come out, you know, uh, multivariate junior or multivariate light. Right. And it's really important to note why dynamic ads do not work for testing. They do work if you have a physical product and you've got 20 of them, or if you've got three variations of one physical product, then you could do dynamic ads because it will cycle through it and find the so-called best one for you. But it's not good for testing ads. Here's why. Facebook, they have a different um, objective. Their objective is to get people so happy they're almost wetting their pants, right? So if an ad does not do that, they will not put that ad up. They will put it to the ad that does that, that does not necessarily mean that's going to make you more sales because as marketers, we know despair, pain makes people buy because you're solving their pain. You know, and I got a copywriting uh, formula called PHP, pain, hope, promise. So if you write in the pain, hope, promise, you put them in pain, give them some hope to get them out of the pain, give them a promise, my, I promise my stuff will make you better, then that works. We can't do that with Facebook. We have to have smiley people in our images. So smiling so hard, it's like, oh my gosh, you had to have plastic surgery after that. You know, it's two objectives, two different objectives. So I don't, I've run tests on dynamic ads. They don't work. I've run tests on CBO, does not work. Um, you have to stay away from those two shiny objects that Facebook is going to put in front of you as a marketer because well, they, they, they don't work. Facebook more money. Exactly. But, it, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. So once people understand the objective of you versus Facebook, once you understand that, then you can craft all your messages to where Facebook is satisfied, but you will also get sales. And it's all done through copy and imagery, you know, stuff like that. You know, it's like Brad, Brad Bearden had this uh, guy that he showed people how to lose weight when you can't do that on Facebook. And specifically, it was an odd niche. It was golfers. And I asked Brad, why do golfers need to lose weight? Well, their gut keeps them from having low scores. And I went, oh, this makes perfect sense. So 
Brad had the image of a golf cart flying in the air towards a pond and it's fully engulfed in flames. And I don't know if he used it, but I came up with a headline that he liked that said, light your golf game on fire, not your golf cart. So it's a perfect example. We had to get around, he had to get around Facebook's restriction on weight loss. And he did it with an image that had nothing to do. It didn't show a fat guy. So that's a lesson, everybody, that your image, unless it's a physical product, your image does not have to be the product. It just can be funny, um, whimsical. It's usually better if it's not the product. Exactly. Because what you're trying to do, you know, anybody that listens to me knows this, you know, image stops the scrolling. Headline forces you to read the copy. Copy forces you to take the next step. The, next, the landing page forces you to buy it. Those are your steps. You got four steps. That's all you got. And everybody tries to make it 12 steps. And, you know, in testing, like asking questions, right? Ryan Levesque, ask. Um, that's multiple steps. It can be like up to 10, I think. And that's to dig deep into your client's psyche. Those types of steps are not bad. And Ryan figured that out. And now he's got a whole... System and it's a it. different it's a different kind of marketing. I mean, the yep. the, <clears throat> the fact is that there are different different types of marketing depending on where you're advertising. Like like if you're advertising on television, that's that it does those rules do not apply to you know advertising on Facebook. Well, except it's, one thing, Rocky. I'm going to counter that. Okay, late night television where you know Chef Tony, right? What are they doing? They're creating a funnel on TV. Every four to eight minutes, they break for a so-called commercial, you know, BMS, buy my stuff. And then they go back to the action of Chef Tony, you know, being, you know, loud and comedic. That's just a funnel. But they get to dip into the well many times in an hour. They get to dip in the well eight times to try to get you to sell. And they're taking numbers. Um, they're going, okay, um, you know, the first segment, we got, you know, one half of 1%. Well, that's expected. The last segment, we got one half of 1%. Well, that's expected. But most of the sales came in the middle. Well, that's expected. We all know that already. But there, it's a way to, so I say, I counter with, the modern day funnel is just kind of like a 2.30 in the morning Chef Tony infomercial. <laughs> infomercial. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's much more applicable to uh to an online funnel is is an infomercial. But I mean, like uh, how about a, a Super Bowl ad? People aren't there to well, I guess no. maybe that's a bad example as well because well, that's some a people do watch the Super Bowl just for the ads. Yeah, but it's branding. But, uh, that's branding. Yeah, that's the, that's a you're trying to distract somebody from something else they're doing. You know, they're right. not there for you. They're, they're there to be entertained by something else. And you're just, you're the, you're the flashy, flashing, shiny object that you're trying to get their attention and distract right. them. Right. You know, that's an entirely different thing than, than, uh, than being the content that they're looking for. You know, I always uh, cry at the Budweiser spots. <laughs> I always do. I don't care if it's a damn puppy. Yeah, you know, people are crying right now. They're going, yeah, I love that puppy. 
the puppy got lost. You know, it just makes me cry. <laughs> and then the one they did, uh, it was not in the Super Bowl, but for the Twin Towers. That commercial, that PSA, aired one time, once. And I saw it. And, I mean, whoever did that, um, just absolute genius. You know, it's a shame it has not, it did not air more than once. I actually got to see it live. And I just stood there, just sat there stunned at the respect. I mean, here you're talking about a beer company, right? Giving that kind of respect, that kind of forethought into how can we help this nation heal. And it was like even the horses knew. That's what I got from it. And it was like, just blew me away. I wasn't, I wasn't right for five minutes after that spot. And there you go. You know, I mean, that's, you know, it was, and it was told to me by a very good marketer and copywriter, traditional marketer back in 1978 or something. He said, David, if you can make your prospects laugh or cry, you'll have a client for life. So Sometimes we get caught up in BMS, just the messages, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. And the message could be elevated to a different level of, you know, I'm going to put you through an emotional um, trail and the emotions are going to help you make your decision to buy this stuff. And the guy who told me that was the guy who made the Ronald Reagan Morning in America re-election spot. So... You know, he was really, really good. That was a good spot. Working out of San Francisco. Yeah, he's a Montana cowboy working out of San Francisco. It's either that or Wyoming. I forget. They're all the same over there. That's all sagebrush and mountains, man. Exactly. But that's where he came from, you know, and he set up shop, advertising shop. Nobody knew who he was. He also came up with Larry and David, the crash dummies, um, crash test dummies. And they were, I don't know if it was. I know it wasn't animation or CG because that stuff didn't really exist back then, but it was two guys, Larry and David crash test dummies. They stuck them in a car and um, it was a seatbelt spot. And at the end, Hal said, you could learn a lot from a dummy. <laughs> Buckle up. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. It is big voice, you know? So it, the story behind that, it took him six weeks to come up with, you could learn a lot from a dummy. And he came up with it every day. He'd go downstairs to the bar downstairs and sit there and try to find that tagline. And he finally got it. So greatness does come from whiskey sometimes, <laughs> you know, but you sure uh, uh, Montana, Wyoming cowboy. Yeah. They're, they're not going to go down there and drink lattes, you know? Sure. So, you know, he was the last of the old school. And, you know, old school being, you know, Ogilvy smoking cigarettes and, you know, drinking whiskey on the job. It was like, you know, that's the old school, you know? And he was one of the last of the old schools. He finally died, and I think he died of throat cancer. So it was probably a combination of the cigarettes and the whiskey that, you know, did him in. But... He was really, really, really good. And it 
made me real. I already knew this. Made me realize you have to understand the human psyche if you want to be a great marketer. And some of these guys, like Frank, or he may be a bad example, but some of these other guys that are at that level may not know what they're doing, but they do it because it makes sales. I think Frank probably does make some sales and go, well, let's take a look at what happened. What was going on? Well, I was wearing that blazer. Okay, I like that blazer. I'm going to wear that blazer every damn time. He, you know, he did a couple of webinars on a, on a Saturday and Sunday. Wore that stinking blazer, you know, because made him feel comfortable. Probably it's like a suit of armor, you know? And then he would, little mistakes, and, and this is what I used to tell people who are in front of the camera for, you know, News 7 and all that, right? Do not highlight your mistakes. You know, just let them go by without a mention, unless it's huge, like the chandelier falls or a light falls and nearly misses you. Then you acknowledge it, and that's what Frank does. Frank won't, the little stuff that happens, he won't call it out the bigger stuff he'll make a comedic moment out of it so what he's doing he's doing the making people laugh right oh, and that's yeah. whole frank's persona is make people loosey-goosey make them laugh you know get them in a same psychological situation loose of as if they had a half glass of wine you know on a saturday morning at 8 30 in the morning doing a live webinar Self, a little bit of self-deprecating humor goes a long way, you know. Oh uh, yeah, he, he does that. I mean, like he he spoke at Funnel Hacking Live last year, and and he tripped on stage as he was walking across the stage, and he pointed it out and oh, made a joke man. about it. And oh, said you he have got, to. Yeah, it was on yeah. purpose. You, you know, have to. What you have to do is kind of <laughs> amplify. You got to stop, look at it, point at it, and look at the audience, and then you have to get on your hands and knees inspecting, you know, what it was, and then you get up and you go. Yeah, it, it was a bug. I, I found it. I tripped over a bug, you know, and everybody will laugh because everybody is expecting it to be a one-inch riser that you tripped over, right? It was a piece of sand, you know. Um, but, yeah, Frank's really good at that. He doesn't take himself too seriously when he's in front of the camera. And that creates warmth. Speaking of warmth, you still have your coffee? Yes, I do. All right, take a sip. He he also knows something. He he knows enough to know that he doesn't know everything, you know, and that and that's that's something that I I try and get through to to younger folks all the time. Yeah, is is that you just don't know, you know, right? And there, right. There's yeah. too much out there in the world that is a factor in when it comes to your process, and you can't know it all, you no. know. And so the fact yeah. is, is that you should just go with go, what works yep. and then you and not worry about it. It's like, uh, preach on brother. Preach so on, if, preach if you run on. a webinar, all right, if you're running a, a sales webinar, for example, and you're running the same webinar twice a week and you're, you know, you're just sell, selling to different markets and selling to different people's lists and all this kind of stuff. And, and but suddenly you get a webinar that has twice the conversion rate of any of the ones you run yeah. in the past. you don't try and figure out what it is. I mean, you can. You can try and I figure do. out what it was. Uh, that's what makes me weird. It was not a lack of oxygen at birth. It was <laughs> crunching numbers by hand, multivariate style. Right, that's what the, ruined you, you my brain. 
you don't just say, oh, okay, I'm now I have to figure out what that is. And I'm going to run 800 million more live webinars with testing all the different things. You immediately make that your control. Exactly. You throw that into an ever webinar, you yes. know, an, an actual automated webinar. Yes. You take that one that worked and you make that your control and you run half your traffic to that, mm -hmm. right? You can test new stuff all you want with the other half. Right. But you take half your half your traffic and you run into the that existing webinar that did super good and you just accept the fact that something worked better with that one and you take right. the money and keep going. Right. You know? <laughs> I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll 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 figure it out element by element. But that brings up a point. Somebody told me once, well, if I send half my traffic to an unknown, I'm losing sales. And I say, we're gonna tag them. And then we're, if they don't buy, we're going to send them to the good one, man. Yeah. Right? So we're going to get a second shot at this, third, fourth, fifth shot. You know, we're going to get a lot of shots at this. So don't worry about that because we're going to keep track of the ones who did not buy, and we're going to immediately just send them over to the one that we think is going to convert them. And that will also, they get tagged with a special tag. Then we get to figure out, yes, they did buy. So guess what? This control is solid, you know? It, it will actually take somebody who didn't buy and get them to buy, and that's, you know, great. And the, you know, the other thing I get is, my webinar doesn't work anymore. My ad doesn't work anymore. First thing I ask is, how old is it? It's four years old. Well, okay, there's a reason why. There's a reason why it doesn't work. Well, it used to work. I know. I used to be really good looking, right? I did. Lots of girlfriends. I was good looking. Women chasing me all over. What the hell happened? Right? <laughs> That's what I tell them. And they look at me and they go, oh, yeah, you got a point. You know, you are kind of ugly. I, yeah, okay. So things changed. Like during this COVID, I actually, when COVID hit, I said, okay, if it's Still here within two weeks. Everybody says, you know, not everybody, but people said it's going to be gone in two weeks. If it's still here in two weeks, then I'm going to embrace this moment and I'm going to make it work for me. And everybody said, everybody lost their job. Everybody lost their job. I started looking at the numbers. It was sad and it was too bad, but only 15% lost their job. 85% still had an income that was not tied to uh, unemployment. So are you going to give up because things don't look like they did yesterday and you have a smaller audience, you're just going to give up? And I had one guy got him up to where he was making about a hundred grand a month, right? Got And he was making oh, five grand a month before that, right? It, it was got him up and we were at scale and then he says i'm out what are you talking about you're out i'm out and he folded up shop because he was afraid of the future i said don't be afraid of this new normal embrace this new normal work through this new normal which means test baby test right just test the control it still works. Okay, great. Maybe we have to say something like in the headline, during these challenging times, you have to get really, really um, with Facebook. You got 
something like COVID. They won't let you say COVID, right? <laughs> so you have to have euphemisms during these challenging times. The era we are all finding ourselves in, you know, all that, what did he say? <laughs> you know, and when I was in cosmetics copywriting, right? That was the, this is why I'm good at that euphemism stuff is the cosmetic industry. This is a line I came up with and it means nothing. Listen to it. It's like, if I can remember it. It, uh, you ugly. Yeah, this no, will help. No, it was, <laughs> it was, uh, I wanted to say that, but it was kind of like diminishes the appearance of fine lines. What does that mean? Right? Diminishes the appearance. <laughs> and you didn't even say wrinkles. No, fine lines. Yeah. No, you can't have wrinkles. Fine lines. No woman has wrinkles, Rocky. Understand no, no. that? Mm -mm. No. It's it's fine lines. I have some fine lines. Yes, you do, dear. You have a lot of fine lines, and the fine lines are getting more and more defined, defined. So your fine is becoming defined. So it was a whole bunch of, what is that? And the FTC saw that and scratched their head and said, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. Because even their lawyers couldn't figure it out. You know, and it's one of these deals where nobody's gonna give you a perfect platform. Say here, it's a free for all, David. Just go out and, you know, do what Frank did and say, buy my stuff and you'll make a million dollars. Well, they, they, they do come up with those once in a while, but they, right. they, they end up getting shut down by, exactly. you know, regulatory agencies. I don't like my people getting, uh, I tell them if anybody comes to the door in a suit, just don't answer that door. They will leave their card. This is no joke. The FTC, FBI, they all leave their card. Just, you know, you got a suit on from, Brooks Brothers, I'm not answering the door, you know? So they'll leave their card. You'll find out who it is without having to talk to them, you know? It's, that's, that's the one cool thing about this whole COVID thing is that uh, is now that's they, the new normal behavior. It's perfectly acceptable to not answer your door anymore. Exactly. Yeah? <laughs> you know, I don't answer my door because it, it's like, there's a whole bunch of really angry husbands, I think, that are out there that I never knew about. Like. <laughs> Oh, you didn't tell me you were married. Oh, I didn't want to, you know, put a damper on things. Oh, really? Okay. You know, <laughs> that's kind of like, you know, that's a Frankieism too. You know, I, I kind of, you know, lit my house on fire and it kind of put a damper on the party, you know, but mm. that's what, that's the stuff Frank does is he takes something big, downplays it to the ridiculousness and then smiles and everybody laughs. You know, so Frank is gifted with that Southern self-deprecating humor. And he uses it to his advantage. It's like I use a story that actually happened. My father said, when I was eight years old, we were in the workshop and he says, son, do you like girls? I said, yeah. He goes, okay, we have to have a talk. And I thought, oh, we're gonna have the birds and the bees, right? It was like, no, he says, your sisters. Now they're beautiful and they got that from their mother. Now you got your looks from me and that's, that's quite unfortunate. 
I said, why is that? He says, well, let's take a look at you. He took his hands, my head with his hands and looked around. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, um, yeah. Okay, you're what we call marginally handsome. So you you like girls, yeah. So what you're going to have to do, son, is you're going to have to go out there and make a lot of money because girls love money. And I took that to heart. I thought he was being for real, you know. I'm marginally handsome. So I went out and made a ton of money so I could get girls. And yes, I, I got girls. And then I found out from one of the girls, it's like, Whoa, who told you you were ugly? I said, my father. And I, oh my gosh, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, the torture that Southern men put on their children just for entertainment value is uh, something that Northerners just don't understand that that stuff goes on. So my dad was from the South. So I got all sorts of, uh, <laughs> my dad, I t this girl, I really, 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 really liked her. Right. And she, I took her home to my house. I lived with my parents. I was like 16 years old, had my car. And what happened was, uh, she came in and my dad, you know, my dad saw this and he could not resist. He says, so where are you uh, and David going? Are we going to go to the movies? We're going to go out to eat first. We're going to go to the movies. Oh, okay. And she told me this story. I was like in my room getting something. She told this story after the date. And here it goes like this. She says, your father leaned in and said, I really want to thank you dating my son he doesn't get many dates so i really really want to thank you for being charitable to my son and here's a little something um that i want to give you for dating my son and she said it was a 20 dollar bill <laughs> and she says why would your father do that i said that's dad's way of saying here's a 20 my kid may not have a lot of money, so just, you know, chip it in. But he can't do that and say that. He has to, like, you know, make everybody wonder about the truth, right? So, yeah, he gave her a 20, you know, to sort of – and she kept trying to buy that night. And I go, no, that's fine. She goes, well, I got my own money. It was my dad's money, right? I got my own money. I says, no, that's fine. It's fine, you know? So she got to keep the entire 20. And she got a pretty good story, you know, on top of it. But that's what Southern humor does. And that's why Frank, you know, guys like Frank, they get as high as they get because they've got this, you know, natural gift. And I'm convinced after hearing Frank, one of the reasons why I didn't really know who Frank was, not really. Uh, he was out of my sphere. And I came across this guy making all sorts of self-deprecating humor. And I went, dad, you know, he's just my <laughs> father. So I said, I'm buying, you know, I don't care what it is. I'm buying because he's my dad. He's like, Frank is dad. Because I heard all that stuff growing up. So I didn't know that, you know, people like you when you do that. I didn't really know that part you know but and then i you know followed frank for like 18 months in that inner circle and then uh, 
you know, he went to Cardone and I went, Oh God, no, I can't, I can't listen to Grant. Not, I can listen to Frank, you know, 18 hours a day. Hey, we all make mistakes, man. That's well, yeah, I know. It's like, hi, my name's Frank. And I, I really screwed up. Hi, Frank, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or hi, my name's Frankie. And I joined the Cardone group. Hi, Frankie, you know, and we all get to have testimony to our, you know, mistakes. But I tried to tell him I was yelling at the computer screen. Trying to oh, tell them you're not the only one. Don't hey, you know, you know what's it. really funny about that is that. Well, I hope there's some humor in that. Okay. That he when they when they split ways. Yeah. Right after that, Cardone came to my town, and started up an agency directly competing with me. Well, your town has what forty eight people in it. <laughs> well, I mean, the closest city to me, not not my town, but the the twenty five oh, closest city. Yeah, 25 miles away is Pueblo, Colorado. I mean, it's just 100,000 people. It's nowhere. I mean, it's one of a thousand different little cities, you you know. pretty much have to take an airplane to get there. Yeah. Yeah, and and he came here and opened up um, a a digital marketing agency in direct competition with me. Although, you know, I I do international clients. I don't really sell anything locally. Right. But uh, but I thought that was really funny, you know, that like he – now, of all the thousands of places he could have come, you know, no, that's strategic. He did that on purpose. And that's, it's one of the reasons I'll stand toe to toe, eye to eye with him. I'm ex-military. I'll tell you, your baby's ugly. Um, and there's a story about that. That's really funny, but the, yeah, I don't appreciate him. <laughs> I, I really don't like him um, because then a lot of people do, and I am not knocking them. It's just that um, I, I won't mention it, but I saw a video that, that really kind of cemented my, my feelings. And, you know, there's, there's guys that you align with. So you take somebody like Frank, right, Who, who's, you know, just a genuinely nice guy, shy. You know, he is not the guy... You know, I tried to talk to him at, at you know, the, the current inner circle event. And, you know, he's just too shy to do that, right? And I, and I backed off. But um, you can't take somebody like that and introduce them to a meat grinder. <laughs> you know? You, you just can't. I felt... I really did feel sorry for him. And I told everybody, and I'm I'm going to be famous for this. I told everybody, I says, eight months, mark my words. It was like eight months and two days when Frank said, you know, whatever. I don't know what he said. I can't do this. Can't handle this. Or it doesn't align. It didn't. It was an experiment that didn't work. It was a test that didn't work. But it was like he would have been much better off aligning with somebody like Jeff Walker. You know, I called Jeff the boy next door. So the, here's who everybody is. Jeff Walker is the boy next door. You want to bring Jeff home to mommy when you're actually dating Frankie, right? <laughs> you don't want to bring, bring Frankie home to mommy because mommy will be all over Frankie, right? You'll be in competition with your mother, right? And it has nothing to do with he's good looking. It has to do with his personality. His aura. So you bring Jeff home 
Oh, you're, that's a fine date, honey. And then you go, Jeff goes home and then you go over to Frank's house and you play rock and roll. And then you talk about uh, going surfing after you, you know, drink a bunch of beer circa 2005. Right. So it, you know, Frank is uh, not the guy you bring home to mama. Now, even because he's just, he's pretty slick. He's without being slimy, you know? Oh yeah. It's just, it's just raw Southern charm. Exactly. And it's, it's impossible to like transfer that to anybody. That's, that's, that's the problem with his stuff is that, uh, is most of his stuff is very, very, very good when it comes to instruction on how to market stuff on the internet, but there, you've got to make sure you don't uh, play into the, the, the success that he has due to his, his, uh, uh, enormous amount of natural charisma. You know, Plus he's got because of that, he's got a lot of celebrity. You know, if anybody runs a hundred million dollars worth of ads, you're going to have celebrity too over a decade. You're <laughs> going to have a bunch of celebrity, so you can't really counteract that. So I tell people, you know, don't even try. So you you take his sales letter, and you know, you don't just change your photo and your name. You change a lot more. The sales letter, what the reason why that that masterful sales letter works is the pacing. Um, it it's the pacing. So you keep the pacing. You know, most of Frank's stuff is, you know, sort of the way I write. I write la da 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 da, la da 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 da. Frank has a slight variation on that, but it's pacing. So you people take that sales letter almost word for word, you know, and it falls flat. And they asked me why. And I said, because you don't have the celebrity and you shouldn't take somebody's stuff without changing it kind of majorly anyway. So, yeah. And I've seen clients of, of Frank's uh, like imitate his stuff. They'll like shoot a video that is pretty much exactly what Frank did. Yeah. You know, but but insert their product name and their name in there. You know, <laughs> it's almost like and, they edited it and said, you know, you're going to really like my online digital course. How to, <laughs> you know, it's almost like they cut in a yeah. But then, but then uh, it totally falls flat. I mean, it, yeah. it, it like they they put it out there in the world and they're like, I didn't get any sales at all. And it's like that video is terrible, man. I mean, yeah, because it's, it's that you're taking Frank and mm-hmm. trying to put you in place of Frank, and you're not him, man. Right. So you have to find everybody out there. You have to find your own groove. You can start. Look, I tell people, look at the greats, go look at them, but don't you dare imitate them. You, you find some nugget, you analyze what they're doing. You reverse engineer what they're doing, you know, and that's why Frank got so mad when Facebook said we're going to publicly show everybody every ad all you got to do is go to the guy's site and we'll show you the ad and i don't blame him because now instead of me seeing his ad and then having to reverse engineer it you know by copying it or even being there i don't have to be there in my feed i just go i can go there and i can copy everything and and everybody got mad at that because you know there was somebody who shall be named nameless, Mr. Nameless. <clears throat> Brunson. No, what? Who? No. <laughs> what? 
What was what was that that crawled across my what? Blame oh. Brunson. Always blame Brunson. Well, it's Russell's fault. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah I wasn't going to name him, but you knew who it was. You know, <laughs> hack, hack, funnel hacker, right? It's yeah. like the way he teaches it, I, I it's in, in my view, it's just kind of more on the funnel stealing side because he forgot to tell people, take it and modify it make it yours and then test the modification don't just take it slap your mug on it and run with it you know he was he was trying to tell people also take a look at reverse engineer the funnel right the the funnels are not patentable you know i mean there's most people have three step funnels you got your front end your middle your back end and then you dive deeper. How do, what's the front end look like? What does the middle look like? And what does the back end look like? And we'll pretty much test the front end and the back end and leave the middle because the middle is usually static, usually. So that's what I want to believe that he meant, you know? And, but he didn't come across that way to his people. So that's another lesson I tell people all the time that you must tell people the message you want them to hear. Otherwise they'll come up with their own stuff. So well, people a... are going to believe what they want to believe, you know? Right. And so, it, and like I said earlier, we all steal the best stuff from each other and it's the concepts. It's not the actual stuff, you right. know? It's, and, it's not the cost. So that's all he was preaching with that. Well, right, but stuff. he didn't but, say uh, it clear enough. I don't think. Yeah, I everybody, everybody just just listened for what they wanted to hear, which was exactly. it's okay to just go copy people's stuff. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I have never met Russell. I've, I've really never met any of the guys in the big internet world, partly because um, I was never really in that internet world. I was in traditional, and then I discovered that all my traditional knowledge translates right? It does translate. So if you're um, a copywriter in traditional and you're wondering if you can make it to digital, oh, hell yeah, because I did it. But I, you know, I actually like the guy's approach. I really love, I, I found the so-called loosely in quotes webinar for the potato gun, right? <laughs> And it was like, here's this big, buff, young, not yet fat, you know, and it, Russell's not fat. He's just not as toned as he used to be when he was wrestling, right? Him and his friend saying, you know, I got these plans for a potato gun and potato guns are fun. You have to build it yourself. I'm selling you the plans, you know, however much money it was. I think it was $12. And um, you can shoot your friends in the face with potatoes, you know? <laughs> And they would play, um, it was out by the railroad tracks. They went out to the railroad tracks, right, beside the railroad tracks and started, you know, shooting each other in the face with potato pellets. And, God, that started the whole thing. So when people ask me, um, can I sell my stuff? It's like, what if I told you it kind of pretty much all started with a guy selling a potato gun? The first thing they say is, what's a potato gun? Right. This, <laughs> if they know what it is, they go, you're kidding me. 
And and anybody who's been in this business long enough has one of those stories in their in their past. Exactly. Like for for me, it was my daughters being in Girl Scouts, and they uh, they wanted to make dues. You know, they're supposed to bring a dollar or two every time right. they go to a meeting, and so they're like. They're like, can we do chores around the house? We're supposed to do chores around the house and make a, make dues, but we don't right. want to do that. We want to do what you do, Dad. We want to sell stuff on the internet. What can we sell? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I don't know what you got. Yeah, and exactly. They're like, we got drawings, and I'm like, well, what if what if like a thousand people order your drawings? Is are you going to hate drawing after that? They're like, well, uh, yeah, that, that that's a good question. Yeah. So they said, well, we got pine cones because we live in the mountains, and we always have to bring the pine cones for doing crafts at the at Girl Scouts. We could sell pine cones, and I'm like. Well, if somebody can sell tumbleweeds on eBay, yeah. then why not, you know? So we wrote a sales page. We took a bunch of pictures of the girls picking <laughs> up pine cones, and it was really cute, God, you know? Don't tell me. The copy don't, was brilliant, of course, because I wrote it. Oh, well. And um, <clears throat> we turned around, and um, I put up a Google ad for it, you know? So if someone was searching for buy pine, pine cones online, they'd find their site, you know? And... Uh, uh, as inter the internet goes, somebody uh, in a certain situation really liked that site, right? Mm -hmm. And when uh, when a certain show was canceled off the CW network, um, and all the fans of that show wanted to protest, the the uh, the newspaper in the show was called the Pinecone. And so they decided to all send pine cones into the <laughs> network as a protest for their show being canceled, right? And of course, somebody posted in the forums the, the know, link to this, the girl's site, right? Yeah. And instantly, we had hundreds and hundreds of orders for pine cones being requested to send them into the CW network. Um, and so, you know. It, oh, it, man. That, you see, that's one of the situations where a 10-year-old is now exceeding daddy's income. You know, it's one of those it was, deals. It was really funny because on the on, on the uh, on the sales page, of course, I said every penny of this goes to the Girl Scouts, right? Oh, so, you know, they're not making any money. They're they were just making right. dues to take into to their meetings with. So after that, that happened, going to the Girl Scout meeting was really entertaining because I handed them a check for over a thousand dollars. And they're like, what do we do with this? You know, <laughs> <laughs> give a dollar to the, uh, you know, for your dues and give the rest to the Girl Scouts organization. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool, actually. And yeah, we, that is cool. We, you know, we that's filled up the minivan with boxes of pine cones and took them to the post office. And the oh, post yeah. office was like, what in what, the world? What's in here? Uh, pine cones? <laughs> Explosives? No, just pine cones. Sorry. And they're all going to the same place. Oh, really? They went to like a, 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 a uh, did they have you directly send them to C-Dub or? Yeah, yeah. They were all having us ship them directly ship to, the, to, to the producer's name <laughs> oh, um, at the CW network. Well, you, there's a picture of you uh, on a dartboard somewhere, Rocky. I mean, you could, you know, hopefully the guy made a wall uh, in his office of pine cones, you know, and made decorations <laughs> out of it. You know, but they also they they're really good at at tinder for making a fireplace fire too. Oh yeah, and they're great for crafts. You know, that's that's yeah. all we were gonna do is, and it was it was working perfectly. It was like every every couple of days, someone would order a box box of pine cones, and we we slap a label on it and ship it out, and it, and it, it was providing a nice little bit of money for the Girl Scouts. You know, but 
but then suddenly that little uh that little counter on the website started spinning and smoking you know <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you know i'll use that story too because people come to me all the time do you think i could sell my stuff and i'll tell them the pine cone story yeah and and that's what i try and get across to people is that you know they say what do you think this is worth and i'm like everything is worth exactly what someone is willing to pay for it exactly don't, don't try and say there's intrinsic value in anything mm-hmm. the value of something is exactly what someone is willing to pay for it and that is it so like when they're talking about uh back in the day with bitcoin and stuff like that and they're like mm-hmm. that's that's not real it's nothing it's just ones and zeros you know it's that's not money and it's like no it's exactly what someone is willing to pay for it right you know and that's I, I, I mean, I'm uh, investing into a, a platform that's similar called Earth2, and, uh, and it's like, that's not even real. It's just, you know, it's just a game, basically. And it's like, no, it's worth exactly what someone what is somebody will pay willing for. to pay for it. Yeah. And that's what everybody <laughs> needs to learn. There's a, you know, there's a purchaser for everything and pt barnum said there's a sucker born every minute and that's what he was talking about you know <laughs> is you can it, people buy things for personal reasons you know and sometimes they do not make sense i was cleaning the house came across a hard drive that was an ide hard drive that that spec has been out of favor for 25 years right and um it was like a 20 gigabyte hard drive. And I said, nobody will want this. And then I went, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got 200 bucks for that hard drive. And the reason why is this guy was building an old school computer and he needed a hard drive and he wanted one that was brand new. I was probably the only guy in the world that had a brand new IDE hard drive. So you, you never know. And, and the guy was making a museum piece. Basically he said, it's going to go in a museum. It may, I don't know. I know only one PC museum in the world and that's an Intel. Uh, There's another one at Apple, but you know, Apple did not, I don't think they used IDE drives, but you see the point is everybody out there is uh you don't know until you test it baby test it (laughs) you know you just don't know what somebody you know i have this uh speech that i give everybody that wants to hear it that guys like frank could put dog poop in a bag and sell it and he would say you know you got your choice of colors you got your choice of locations and while you buy that, there'll be a pop-up that says, would you like matches with this also? And he'll sell you the matches too. So, oh, yeah. you know, that's the power of celebrity. And he's been doing it for a long time. And he's had failures. And he tells everybody about the failures, the failure to, in the brick and mortar world, to um, sell electronic dog fences and then he said well i'm gonna put out a guide and put it on the internet about training dogs and he knew nothing about training dogs 
nothing. He did a little bit of research, wrote about it, people bought it. That's how that whole thing started was, you know, I, I'm a dog trainer, but I don't know what I'm doing. Um, here's some tips. So, you know, the, the people that have legit stuff and they're worried about starting out, I tell them, you know, don't worry about it. You know, just do it. And then sometimes what happens too is the stuff that I, I tell people, do not fall in love with your product. It is not your baby. Don't ever call it that. Because I had somebody very dismayed once when they had like three elements to their product and everybody only wanted element number two. That's all they wanted, right? The aspect number two. And they were very, very dismayed. Nobody wants my product. No, they want a variation of your product. So we're going to scale that. But it's not my product. Yes, it is. It's part of your product, but it's not the whole thing. I don't care. You know, I don't care. Um, made the guy a lot of money went from zero to a lot of money and he quit because he said, nobody wants my product. And I said, so your ego got in the way of your pocketbook, you know, your bank account. And that's fine with me. His, I said, your objective was to make money on your primary product only. You couldn't do that. We made money on one aspect of your product. And you helped people in the process. So there's no evil there, right? If you're helping people in the process, I say there's no evil in your product. If you're not helping people, then there's there's evil in your product. And you need to redesign or get the heck out of here because we got too many flim-flam artists as it is, right? So he just said, I quit. Nobody likes my stuff. Nobody likes me. And he went off into the horizon with a hefty bank account, but very distraught that people didn't like what he had to sell. And you sell can't do that. They want, you know, sorry. Right. You know, and, and another guy who had this product, great product. Uh, nobody bought it. Nobody wanted it. I thought it was great. Nobody wanted it, but he got mad. He got angry and he said, I'm going to put out this one-page infomercial, or not infomercial, one-page infographic. I'm going to sell it for five bucks. It's worth 10 cents. He sold like a thousand of them. And then he says, David, what do I do? I says, more of that. You know, that's a Frankieism too. Frank, I'm making a ton of money. What should I do? Oh, you could just go ahead and do a little bit more of that, you know? So I told him to do more of that. He did it. He got more angry because that was selling and his product wasn't. He made a bunch of more infographics and he made a ton more money. And then he started doing, you know, eBooks on any subject and, and um, sold those. And he ended up making about $800,000 in a year, completely angry because nobody, they, they would buy this stuff he said had no worth versus his product that, he thought had to work. It's worth exactly what people are willing to pay for. Exactly. <laughs> worth. And then, you know, like Frank says, I, I steal this one line, Frank said. I steal it all the time because it's so funny. 
is like, you know, I got this ebook. It, I wrote it myself. It's it, it's pretty good. People seem to like it. <laughs> so you might want to think about buying it. You know, you don't have to, but you know, it's it, I wrote it myself. And when I heard that, I just saw my dad. And it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I wrote you this know, book, wrote it myself. Wrote it myself. People say it's pretty good. Yeah. Why? Who else would, he's, you know, we all know you could hire a ghostwriter, but come on, who, who else would, you know, write it? But that's the type of humor that he throws out there to get everybody's guard down. So there's a gate, there's a fence that is built while you're watching a webinar. And the whole deal is to only get that, where they can get that fence knee high you got to hop over that fence to get to the sale and that's the whole purpose of you know humor and stuff like that is we don't want that fence to get it to where they cannot see the product and they can't they're not going to scale the fence once they once they build it you know it's a brick wall they're not going to scale it so we only let them get it knee high and, here's a little little tip for you mm, if uh You'll never hear Frank call it an ebook. Right. It's always a book. Right. Never call your digital products an ebook. Right. Because that term has become zero value. Right. So, so it's, it's a, book, a book, but you can download it right now. Wrote it myself. People <laughs> say it's pretty good. You don't have to wait for it to show up in the mail. No. You can have it right now. Right now. You know, and the whole story about why is your book $5.60? And I tell people that story too. When yeah. he when he sent out real books, the cost of it was five dollars sixty cents to ship it. So when he didn't have to ship it anymore, the you know instead of having a couldn't have a free book plus shipping, there was no shipping. So he just made five dollars sixty cents the book price because he knew that's what people were willing to pay, and he didn't want to mess with you know increasing the price. I've since done a test, several tests, that five sixty works. Nine dollars is slightly better, but you know, twenty-five dollars rocks. You sell less books, but you make more sales. Uh, you make more profit, more money. So yeah, but he doesn't yeah. care about the five dollars sixty cents. He cares exactly. about all the money they spend after they click that order button and see all right. of his upsells for $97 and $297 and, right. and his inner circle or network for 400 bucks a month. You know, the, right. the $5.60 is nothing compared to everything else that happens afterwards. Right. And that's the reason. So I get some clients that, you know, want the advertising to be paid by for by the book immediately. So, Basically, I'll do, you know, 560 plus, you know, upsells, upgrades, cross sells, all that stuff to get the ACV, the average cart value up to about 68 bucks. I had the average cart value up to $85 on this one client one time, and it stayed there. It was like, holy smokes, I am the internet king. I get a, the joke is you get a statue in the internet town um, hall, and it's bronze, and I'm waiting for mine to be, you know, <laughs> delivered in the Internet Hall of Fame because that was just crushing it. 85 bucks. And then another guy, uh, 68 bucks. And it, the highest I'd ever heard of was 63. So I have two statues coming. 
Yeah, I you think know? the when I was paying attention to it, his his uh, convert to funnel was doing like fifty three. Yeah. For uh, but he was spending thirty bucks to get a customer, so he was right. very very happy with that. Yeah. So that, you know that's the thing you're you're going to spend eighteen dollars to thirty three dollars to get a book buyer. So if you want your advertising to pay for itself, you're going to have to offer a few things you know, on the back end. And one of the things that's really easy is just voice your own book into your phone and we'll call it, you know, an audio book. As read by the author also gets you more conversions. As read by the author. And that's stolen from the audiobook community because I had research from the audiobook community that showed if an actor voiced the book, it made X sales. And if the author voiced the book, it made two X sales. So that's why audiobooks on, you know, Audible, um, people gravitate towards the author reading it. Some well, it's authors. They're, it's because no they're better, better, man. They don't, yeah, they, they know yeah, how to pronounce all the stuff they exactly wrote. Exactly. You know? And the pacing, <laughs> it goes back to pacing. Every the, the author knows the pacing, the suspense. They know what's coming next. The actor is just reading words on a page, you know, and trying to convey the emotion. So it goes back to emotion, pacing, stuff like that. So one thing I want to talk about, Rocky, is your input into Genesis Digital, a.k.a. Webinar Jam, EverWebinar, and Kartra. Hmm. Okay. Now, Kartra came out, and I instantly fell in love. Because we were all using um, IS, Infusionsoft. Yeah. And it was like, it's got a moniker of Confusionsoft. I met a guy who says, oh, no, it's worse than that. It's FUsoft <laughs> because he just, he, he loved it, but he hated it. You know, and Frank started out, I think, with IS. Um, but when Karcher came out and I... Because I knew you, I knew Carter was coming out, and I kept my lips sealed. So I get a reward because I usually can't keep a secret, and I kept this secret. Um, <laughs> the I get some I get some kind of reward, you know. It's not as good as a statue in the Internet Hall of Fame, but you know. So I just want to put it out there that I was a good boy. I you were. Be, you were. I good can boy. be trusted. So the Carter, I saw it, fell in love with it. I only want one edition on Kartra, and because I'm a former programmer, they have basically a tree that says, if the person does this, then tag them or do this to them, right? So we can track them, tag them. I wanted an else, and you put it in there. So the developers are, you know, they've been looking at it for about a year and a half or a year now, but that's fine. If it comes out, if, then, else, oh, man. Then I get to go back to my C++ programming days and make <laughs> a, a funnel that will loop back into itself, recursive. And that's what I want, the power of recursive and if, in programming. And if you guys want to know what that is, you know, go to the big G and little O and, and, and figure out what that, type it in. Recursive programming is so powerful. It's how all the algorithms in the world operate. They look inside themselves for information. They look outside uh, for information also, but they look the key to algorithms. They look inside themselves. 
So I can create a mini algorithm within Karcha if they put the else, you know, and if they put the else, I won't, I won't require them to say, you know, you know, trademark, you know, DM, you know, I, I, I won't make them do that. You know, I'll it's just called be so behavior happy. adaptive marketing, behavior adapted marketing. Yeah. You're, oh, you're, you're Mr. Bam. That's Rocky's thing. Bam. Behavior yeah. adaptive or adaptable marketing. So tell us about yeah, that. Yeah. Karcher calls it behavioral adaptive marketing, but I, 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 I tend to call it behavior adapted. It's just behavior adapted marketing. Um, and that's the term I came up with it, you know, years ago when we were developing Kartra and, um, it's, I, I, sh I shot a video on it on Monday, but oh, the microphone yeah. was broken. Okay. Uh, so get a load of this guys, you know, <laughs> high level marketer and he's a tech geek. Also, he, he knows the difference between a microphone and a preamp. Okay. Um, he does this bang up 20 minute thing. And the microphone wasn't hooked up. So all we got was ambient uh, room noise. N nothing. Just, it was nothing. It was a didn't flat get ambient. I mean, that, that's, that tells you how stupid it was. It's like, I, I didn't even notice it until I brought it into my video editing software. And, and right. the, the little graph of the, of the, the audio graph was just a flat line. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Oh, kinda, man. I can't flat lines are bad any, in any situation. <laughs> <laughs> Hospital or marketing flat lines are like yeah. everybody grabs the armchair and goes, what, 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 what am I witnessing You here? don't want asystole. Asystole is bad. Yeah, it's, oh, uh, I could, I laugh because I feel your fear at that moment, right? I've done it. Everybody's done it. But yeah, so he bangs out this, this great BAM video and um, there's nothing there. So he's got to do it again. Yeah. Now, the second one's going to be better though. That always is. Yeah, yeah, it is. But I've been on you on and off very lightly for a couple of years. Rocky, what are you going to do when these guys all of a sudden decide they don't like you? You're a nice guy, but they go, you know, we just don't like that Rocky anymore. You know, <laughs> we don't have a reason, you know, and that's how this business is. And I know this business psychology very well because I came from radio. Radio, you could have great ratings, you could be smiley and walk in. Hi, everybody. I'm here going to do my show. Oh, David. Um, no, come into my office. We're going to have a talk about your show. We've oh. decided to go in a different direction. Exactly. How many so times think, have you heard that? I think you were going to talk about slight modifications, right? It's like, no, big modifications, as in we need your keys. It's like, oh, dude. You know, that's how they do it. And that's what happens in this industry. One day they wake up and they go, we just don't like him or her. And we don't know why, but we're going to react on something. We have nothing we don't know about. Um, they haven't done anything bad. We just, you know, want to move in a different direction, like you said. So I said, what are you going to do when that happens? Well, I don't know. Rocky, get your butt out there. I'm trying to keep this show clean. Get your butt <laughs> out there and do something now, i want to see something mm. okay yeah i said rocky no 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 i'll if you you know i'm not saying you know i'm the king of the hill or i'm better than you but i'll help you with this man mm. so 
you know, I'll help you, Rocky. You at one point didn't know too much about Facebook ads. I taught you a little. You got some information from other people too. Now you know enough. You're not dangerous anymore. Okay. <laughs> Rocky can handle the Facebook dashboard now without blowing something up. What does this do? No. You, know? you you definitely did help me on that process. Um, that one session I had with you was really, really eye-opening. And, uh, and of course, Frank's taught me a lot about Facebook advertising. Right. And then my clients have taught me a lot. I mean, I've, right. I've been running Facebook ads for a couple of years now for clients. Right. And that's where you really learn something. Well, exactly. Just when do you, it. When you spend the money and make the sales, you know, so. Right. You know, you know I told you this button here. Uh-huh. Don't ever touch it. <laughs> okay when do you touch it never why is it there we don't know but don't ever touch that button but i want to touch it no don't do it you know so yeah i was teaching you the you know here's here's the trench full of water here's the trench full of water and alligators and this is what you really need to look for and really need to have in your reports and here's the data you really need to look at so yeah i was i was on you quietly because i didn't want to i respected our friendship didn't want to piss you off to the point where you said you know david's fired but i'm glad you're finally doing something so here's the deal guys rocky's gonna come out with his course and if he isn't he is now because i committed him to it okay so he's going to have a course, and if you see this name, Rocky Anderson, just buy it because you'll never, ever be sorry. You know, it's there's there's a couple of guys in this world where you just buy from them. What is it about? I don't know. I'm just going to buy it. Why? Well, because everything I've gotten is just fantastic. Just buy it. Okay, I'll just buy it based on your word. There's a couple of guys out there. Just buy it. Just buy the stuff. So... You see his name, and, you know, we don't know when you're going to be listening to this podcast, but I'm telling you, you see his name, just buy it. That's all. It's, I don't care what the price out. is. It's, it's all... already out? Yeah. You didn't tell me. It's called Digital Real Estate Secrets. It's a very, but you very familiar me. format. It's a book that you can buy for $5. You don't like me. And then after, you, you just fired me, didn't you? Of course. Yeah. Because you never told me. Well, it's because I haven't started advertising it yet. So. Well, yeah, but I'm supposed to know this stuff before anybody, you know, else. <laughs> well, right? I haven't, I haven't announced it to anyone. So it's just oh, sitting there really? ready to go. Oh, yeah. I feel great now. I haven't told I anyone. This is, you're the first person. Sweet. We have a scoop here, people. We have a scoop. What's it called, Rocky? DigitalRealEstateSecrets.com. So digital real estate. Am I going to buy an apartment complex online? Never see it before. What's what's that it's about? It's all about a digital assets and buying and selling, building, trading, fix and flip. It's just like real domains. Estate. Domains. It's about domains. Sites. It's about uh, it's about lists and yeah, uh, digital assets like intellectual property, like programs, like software. Mm -hmm. um, but and then it's also about things like. Uh, cryptocurrency and uh, really and earth Two, which is yeah. digital property um, it's it's pretty pretty cool pretty, I, I, pretty I've been cool. buying and selling digital real estate for 20 years 
one of yeah. my first um, notable jobs, I guess you call it, uh, was I, I actually got hired by Kurt Christensen, if people are familiar with him. Uh, yeah, the last name sounds very familiar. Yeah, he, he hired me to run his website called Buying Web Businesses in 2001. Uh, and that's really where, that's where I first got my start in internet marketing was I was an SEO guy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so I was really good at, at fixing people's sites to make them get traffic and make money, right? Um, and so instead of hiring myself out as a hired gun, which is kind of what I am now, uh, I would just go out and buy people's websites that were failing in a lot of ways. And I'd fix them up mm -hmm. and get them making money, you know, and I'd fix and flip. Mm -hmm. And uh and that's why I found buying web businesses. And then that's when Kurt recognized that I knew exactly what I was doing. And so he hired me to run the thing. Um, and that's really where I first got my, my start in internet marketing was uh, in, in the, the uh, you know, the community of internet marketing was the ERE. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's a very specific niche that you've chosen. I thought you would choose something like webinar uh, design because you're the king of webinar. I, I, that is a, that is an asset, you know, that is a digital asset. It's a very, actually digital real estate is a very wide open field. It's, it covers so many different things in internet marketing. Uh, but I will be coming out with a webinar specific instruction as well. How I have to a, do a webinar a, because he's got this secret formula. You want to tell people what the initials are or no? Well, um, the, the, uh, that book is going to be called, uh, read this if you want to build webinars that sell. That's the name right. of that book. And I'm writing it right now. So uh, webinars the word that sell. if out. Yeah. I'm the master copywriter. You're just a junior copywriter. You think you're pretty <laughs> good, but you know, I can run circles around you all day long, old man. <laughs> What's funny is <laughs> Rocky told me, he says, I think I'm getting old. I, I laugh so hard. I wet my pants. I said, Rocky, how old are you? And, and he told me, and I said, you know, I got like 12 years on you, dude. You know, mm. so if you you think you're old, what am I, you know? Ancient. Yeah, I'm, I'm ancient. I'm like, I have a couple of sayings, you know, I, I helped Jesus pick out his first pair of sandals. And I'm so old, my nephew is dirt. So the uncle of dirt, you know, older. So I'm the uncle of dirt. So I'm, I'm so old that I'm actually, and Rocky's probably going to get on me for this. I'm actually giving all my secrets away for free. And I've had some marketers say, dude, no. Um, I said, look, whatever you've heard me give away for free, I've got hundreds more. And they said, okay, two thumbs up. Great, 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 great. Because there's people that want me to get out there and sell stuff. And I'm, I'm, you know, not there yet. It took five years for one human to bug me on an almost monthly basis. When are you going to come out with that podcast? Uh, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> and then she actually finally said, here's your account. I don't have an account for podcasts. No, that's yours. It's your account. They need some podcasts. Oh, okay. So I'm doing podcasts and that was Sarah Spencer. It's, if it works great, it's all on me. If it fails, it's on her. <laughs> I told her that. And then um, I give props to the name. The name is Steve Walther's 
idea, the the impetus for this, you know, confessions of an advertising hitman was also David Ogilvy, but he brought it to my attention because my excuse then was, okay, sir, I got an account, but I don't have a name. I don't have a title. I don't have a title. I don't have a title. And then Steve says, because we belong to the same group, Steve says, here it is. And I went, oh, crap. I don't, I really love that. I don't have an excuse anymore. What do I <laughs> don't do Don't you now? hate being a copywriter and somebody hands you better oh, copy than you can come up with? Exactly. But that's what happens, everybody. People, people, people. <laughs> you can't really operate on yourself. Okay. Open heart surgery on yourself. Can't do it. So you will always be blinded and you'll always say that's not good enough. And somebody will walk up, hand you a piece of paper and you go, oh, crap. I got no excuses anymore because this is fantastic. So the title was, he had a slightly different title. I changed it a little bit just to make it mine. So it wouldn't be headline stealing, funnel hacking, you know? Um, but I made it my own. I feel comfortable with it. That's what you do. My attitude is that of a hitman. No nonsense. I don't like you because you're part of my job list. You know, it's, it's, it's who I am. It's my attitude. So it fits my personality. Perfect. I'm irreverent. You know, I, I don't do what anybody tells me. I will do what people suggest. I want you to do this. No, thank you. You know, it'd be great if you considered doing this. Okay, I'll do it. You know, that's just who I am. So yeah, it's all those two people. So Rocky's got a product. Rocky's got a product, Rocky's got a product. And we're all dancing in the streets because like the master of manipulation, you know, is what I, I call influence. you sometimes. Let's call it influence, yeah. Yeah, influence. You know, manip manipulation is, the, the, you know, the wording of a hitman though. You know, there you it's, go. it's much more to the, to, the, to the point. You know, and my whole thing is, if you're afraid of making money, then you look at it this way is, am I helping people? Yes. Then you're not evil. Am I helping people and just taking the money? No. Then you're evil. Then don't be in this arena. Don't be in this business. So if you ever think that, you know, you got imposter syndrome, ask one question. Am I helping people? Yes. Then you're, you're not an imposter, right? You're just not. You can't be. It's impossible. So DRE, digital real estate secrets. Secrets. Yeah. Okay. So because I'm old school. We we all we called I everything know. secrets Secret. back in the day. I know. I was going to explain this. Um to anybody that's, you know, under 50, numbers, the word secret, the word imagine, all that stuff were just right out of the playbook of high level marketers. So Feel free to, to use it. You might have been better, Rocky. You have to test it, of course. Might have been better. Nine DRE secrets. I, I'll, I'll put a dollar down that says that'll do better than <laughs> DRE secrets. I'm not going to test it, man. You're it's, not. It's already printed. <laughs> oh, printed. It's digital, Rocky. Or is this a real I have, book? I have printed versions as well. Really? I sure do. Are they hardback? They are. Are you signing them? 
In fact, there's one right here. You, it's heavy. <laughs> the audio format here will 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 back me up on this. I'm knocking oh, on the book right there. Dude. What is that? A brick? It's a it's a hardcover book. That's dense. There's a lot of information in that. I eh, can tell. Nah, there's just a few good nuggets in there, but no. You're gonna have See, to that's the thing about Rocky. buy the upsell to get the good stuff. Okay. But that's the thing about Rocky <laughs> is he always poo-poos his own stuff and you know, he his own achievements. Cause yeah, you know, I'm I'm pretty good. I want to see Rocky step out more and say, yeah, I'm pretty good instead of, yeah, you know, I do all right, you know, because more it myself, exactly pretty good. And how much is it? It's $5. It's $5. I don't need no 60 cents. I just want okay. the $5. What if they don't see your funnel? Can uh, they get it? And mm -hmm. then you manually put them into the funnel yourself so it counts on your uh, data. <laughs> you have any have any way of doing that? No, I'm sorry. You have to go. You have to yeah. go to the site and buy it because I I got to be able to upsell you. Okay, so you're going to give me the book. site and I'm going to put it down below. DigitalRealEstateSecrets.com. Real okay, but I'll yeah. put it down below because people right now are drinking wine, they're drinking whiskey. They're driving down the road, hopefully not doing it at the same time. They're working out at the gym. Um, they're at barbecues and they're bored to death. They got their ear pods in and they're just listening to us right now. And if that's one of you guys, raise your hand, say something. That's eh, me. Don't dude. take your hand off the wheel though. No, driving. don't do that. The digitalrealestatesecrets.com. I'll put it down below. Get it. It's only five bucks. And I would get it, even if you're not interested in digital real estate secrets. And here's why. You're going to see some pretty good copywriting. You know, he did it himself. <laughs> you know, you'll, you'll, if you're a marketer and you want to see some good copywriting, get that book and reverse engineer the pacing, reverse engineer the copywriting. And if you want fantastic, great copywriting, buy my stuff. But the problem is I don't have anything for sale. So hmm. maybe Rocky will be my accountability coach. I don't know. Perhaps. Perhaps. If you oh. want to sell something, I'll help you sell something. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I offered that same thing, and you said, what do you know? What do you know, <laughs> little boy, old man? What do you know? You don't know anything. So I I just copied Frank's sales page. That's all. So um, you I didn't did. need, you I didn't need any help doing that. Well, cut and paste can be hard. Sweat beads <laughs> form on the forehead. You know. So you just copied and pasted Frank's letter. Oh yeah. Uh, I'll be. I mean, it's almost verbatim. I mean, I, oh I just copied God. his his page and and put my own stuff in there. I've never had a client have any success with that ever. We've always had to modify it. Then we had success. We kept the bones, but I've never had any success with the copy paste. Well, know, so. I, I did replace all the stuff with my well, stuff. Yeah, I know. But it, the, the, the pacing and everything, that's all his. Yeah. 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 So I think it's, I think the most valuable part of a Frank sales letter is the pacing, you know? Um, so you know, follow the pacing. The way you get the pacing 
is you read it out loud and you'll see the pacing right away. If you read it in your head, your head can go faster than your mouth. So read it out loud and you'll hear the la-da-da-da-da, 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 ha-ha-ha. That's Frank. He's got three verses of la-da-da-da-da and the chorus, chorus is ha-ha-ha. Yeah. I tell people the only use for Microsoft Edge, the browser, yeah. is that it has a little button that will really? read the page to you. Really? So you? I did not know that. When I write a sales letter, I bring it over into Microsoft Edge and have it read the page to me. Really? Yeah. Isn't that funny? That's the only thing I use it for. Yeah. It's it's crap. It's junk. <laughs> I uh, I use HemingwayApp.com to find out my writing you know, who's it, who's most likely to understand it. And we're all shooting for like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. You know, I had a client that could, it was 16th grade and she fought and fought and fought and fought to get it down to like eighth grade, right? Or 12th grade actually. And then I sit down and crank it out. It's immediately fifth grade, right? I don't know if that means I'm a brilliant internet marketing copywriter or I'm just stupid, <laughs> inherently stupid. So, so, so that's some of the frank self-deprecating humor right there. I use there it, it is. to my advantage. Crazy a like a fox. You know? Yeah, I have had a lot of practice. My dad was from the South. So it, it's a, a way to endear people. Also laughing is a way to endear people, but it has to be organic. It can't be ho, 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 ho. You know, like Ed McMahon, his laugh was funny because it was so phony, right? Ho, ho, ho. So yeah, that you got to laugh at yourself. You got to laugh at your copy, you know, and don't ever go to an internet marketer, advanced internet marketer and say, you misspelled a word because they did that on purpose. Guarantee it. Yeah, I guarantee it money back guarantee and like frank says you know i got this free ebook it's it's worth three times the money and if you don't like it i'll give you your money back that's right and that's a guarantee so and if you don't buy it today i'm going to double the price double the price tomorrow it'll be double free so yeah <laughs> that's stuff that's frankieisms man so when Frankie leaves this earth before us, we'll go to his funeral and we'll just all go up in front of the mic and say Frankieisms, and people will be rolling on the floor. You know, I, I, I did the celebration of life for my wife and um, everybody came up to me in tears and said, oh my God, that's, you need to hire yourself out for celebrations of life because we were all laughing so hard. She said, these are not tears of sadness. I was laughing so hard. These are tears of joy. And I just used, you know, Frankie type humor. One of the stories was, you know, me and the wife live near Tahoe. There's always a white church. Of course, when you enter Nevada, there's a little chapel uh, to get married. And she asked me, she says, would you ever marry me? We were never married. And I said, sure, you want to go in the chapel? She goes, no, I just wanted to know. I was like, oh, okay, cut a guy's feet out from underneath him, right? 
So I kept driving. A couple of years later, we passed the same church. I said, hey, you know, I never asked you, would you marry me? And she thought and pondered, stopped looking at her phone, looked out the window and squinted her eyes and pondered. And she was a great movie buff. And she said, you know, I would. I said, okay. And she goes, but you're just so damned ugly. And that's a reference from Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I went, okay, I guess she doesn't want to get married. And, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I would, but you're just so damned ugly. And I think that was the kiss scene at the end of the movie on Planet of the Apes. I laughed so hard I couldn't drive. I was pounding the steering wheel laughing. And she says, do you need to pull over? Um, are you okay? Are you having a seizure? And then she starts laughing. We're all just laughing like crazy. I'll never forget that. I would, but you're just so damned ugly. So now what was really funny about that is Tammy was not a ha 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 funny person. She was very professional. She worked in a professional setting and she was very professional. Uh, so, so to hear something like that from her was just, it was, it was triple the effect you know, she got me. That's nobody's ever gotten me ever. She got me on that one. Well, that's, that's why I, my, my kids ask me sometimes, why, why do you never swear dad? You just never, ever swear. And I said, well, someday I might need to, and I want it to work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there you go. But my excuse for swearing is we all know that people who swear have a hugely intelligent IQ. So oh, yeah, obviously. that's, that's my excuse. I swear like a sailor because I want to, you know, tell people I'm smart, you know, kind of smart. I swear a lot. So it's just, you know, I tell people, I want you to use this line in your webinar or your video. I want you to use it verbatim, just steal it and have, you know, the, the attitude, that attitude, that's the attitude I want to see you in the video. That's the attitude I want you to see you in the webinar is that attitude, that kind of, you know, just bizarre. You know, I wrote it myself. It's like, okay, it's, that's going to be on his tombstone. I'm going to put <laughs> it on his tombstone. I'm going to pay the $250 to have it inscribed. Wrote it myself in quotes. <clears throat> People say it's pretty good. Exactly. So that's, you know, uh, it was eye-opening, Rocky. You didn't get to spill. We'll have to have you back because you didn't get to spill most of the uh, Genesis digital stuff. You know, Rocky will, you know, deny it, but he had a pretty good hand. If you're using Webinar Jam or EverWebinar, you know, it was built around the suggestions from this guy. And you never really have told me how deep you were or were not in that project. You told me how deep you were in the Kartra project, but you never told me about the webinar jam project, you know? So you're kind of a mystery, you know, did you single handedly code it? <laughs> and you, you know, I got that out of you. No, the answer is no. Um, you know, but, you know, Rocky's, 
says, oh, I didn't have much to do with anything, but he's got everybody's cell phone number over there. So it's like, huh? You know, if, if you didn't, how did you get their cell phone number? You know? So he's, he's a mole, Rocky's a mole. And what he does is when we say we would like to see something, he, you know, texts it over to the CTO and, um, you know, magically two weeks later, Rocky shows up and says, done. <laughs> it has to be important, you know, we have yeah. to all agree that it's important. Right. But, you know, one day we're going to find out, um, you know, that. Andy Jenkins heard Rocky say something and said, Ooh, that sounds like a good idea. Would you help me with that, Rocky? Well, he did that okay. a couple of times. He did? Times. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know, largely uh, Webinar Jam, Ever Webinar um, is mostly Andy Jenkins and some Mike Phil Same back in the beginning. That's right. And Mike. I just got really good at using it and giving right. feedback. That's, that's, uh -huh. That's really always been my role is, is I'm really good at using the stuff and saying, Hey, you know, this might make it even better. So you're a beta tester. Yeah. Unofficial. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a gamer. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're <laughs> saying, Hey, you know, when I hit this button, that plumber's supposed to jump up, but that plumber's not jumping. Make it work. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's. You know, and every product needs guys like that, you know, because otherwise it wouldn't evolve. And I'm still waiting for my else branch to get done in Kartra. Hmm. Still waiting. All right. Still waiting. And, <laughs> and I won't be satisfied until it shows up, you know, because I could do so many cool things with that and if you sit you're you're kind of quasi programmer programmer anyway so if you sit and think about it you go oh man yeah recursive yeah back you can do that in kartra you can yeah that they they actually added uh or into the uh boolean really? logic so that's yeah. that's a segment of else so it, it worked is. i did it <laughs> i'm responsible for that yeah, it used to be just and, and now they have or in there. And that's oh, what else okay. is in programming. So that's good. That's yeah. good. I'll go with that. So that's done. They can scratch that off their list. I, yeah. I mean, I single-handedly <laughs> <laughs> helped improve Kartra. You know, it's, everybody's input wants, you know, wants to see their input be implemented. Now I'm happy. I can now die, Rocky. I can die. <laughs> And I'll be complete. I'll be happy and complete. And cool. Yeah. But some people well, thanks would for say, having me on, man. great, when is that going to happen? You know? So, <laughs> you know, usually I start the podcast. I didn't make you do this with people singing the first open bars of Roxanne. Okay. Mm. I spared you. It's too early in the morning to be singing, man. I spared you. <laughs> Say good night, Rocky. Good night, Rocky.